HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Allison Kane, and welcome to In the Sauce, a podcast about building consumer brands from the ground up. I love doing this show because I get to interview everyone from production gurus to marketing and social media mavens, anyone who can guide me on this crazy journey. This is the story of building Haven's Kitchen sauces, but it's also the story of every growing brand because we're all in the sauce. Today, I'm speaking with Laurel Orley, CEO and co-founder of Daily Crunch, the company that makes uniquely crunchy sprouted nut snacks that taste as good as they make you feel. Before founding the company in 2020, right before COVID, Laurel worked in marketing strategy on brands including Dove, Lipton Tea, Suave, my favorite, by the way, we need to talk about that, and Hellman's. Then she partnered with her Aunt Diane to bring Sprouted Nuts to the U.S. consumer, and Daily Crunch is now available D2C on Amazon and over 5,000 doors. Welcome, Laurel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here on this Monday morning. (laughs) Good times. I think I LinkedIn messaged you from the airport or like maybe even from the plane. We did not know each other, but... I am totally smitten with the pickle-flavored sprouted almonds. I also have a history with sprouted nuts, which I don't think you know about, but we can talk about that. So this is no. all just like a ruse to like get like get nuts, basically. Oh, I'm so um, excited to jump right in. <laughs> amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, starting with the process, I do just want to say I – I'm one of those New Yorkers that have been to um, two different Jane doctors that both told me that in their families forever, they have been sprouting raw almonds at night, overnight, and then everyone eats six of them in the morning as like a way to support cognitive function and, you know, prevent aging. Um, Wow. So I have been doing that since... I don't know, for like eight years or something like that. And my mom, who's 84, has also been doing it. And, you know, we both kind of swear by it. Um, so I totally understand. But maybe for those people who think that there's like no difference between a raw, a sprouted and a roasted nut, before we get into like the building of the business, I would love you to explain it because I do think this is really important. And I don't think a lot of people know it. Oh my gosh. Well, it's, it's so interesting. Well, first of all, to my note of not knowing if today was Monday morning or afternoon, I think this goes with everybody who's currently in consumer packaged good food and beverage because it is, is just a really busy time and it's all leading up to Expo West and there's just a lot of moving pieces. So, um, at least I know it's Monday, but, um, your cognitive function is fine. It's just, you know, we're in a crazy industry. That's all. Um, 
But there is actually quite a big difference between raw roasted and sprouted nuts. So I'm going to just jump in and touch the surface, but there's so much more you can go on to on Google. But when you soak raw or roast raw almonds, cashews, a lot of different types of nuts will actually sprout. Some cannot. When you soak nuts and seeds that can sprout in water, it starts something called the germination or sprouting process, where it Mm -hmm. actually sheds and removes phytic acid. Phytic acid is an anti-nutrient. So when that Mm -hmm. is removed from the nuts and seeds, the nuts themselves become more nutrient-dense, something called bioavailable, where the nutrients Mm -hmm. absorb in your body a lot faster, and more gut-healthy. So there's a lot of people who are consumers of Daily Crunch who say, I can't eat regular uh, nuts and seeds because it bothers Mm -hmm. my stomachs, my Mm -hmm. stomach, but sprouted nuts do not. So that is um, an attribute of sprouting. My Aunt Diane learned about sprouting 20 years ago on a trip to India. Her sister Mm -hmm. used to go there for um, uh, just like, I don't know if to say religious purposes. She liked to go there to meditate and she, Diane came to visit her on a trip and she, and she saw people there uh, soaking nuts and seeds overnight, mm-hmm. did it for brain health purposes. If you speak yep. to a lot of people who are from India, they're like, Oh yeah, my mom or my dad or my mm-hmm. grandma soak nuts overnight in water. And yep. they, they did it for brain health purposes. They did not dehydrate them. We right. take it a step further where after we soak them and they start the germination process, we then um, dehydrate them at super low temperatures where all that excess moisture is removed, but it maintains the nutrients because it's uh, at super low temperatures. Yeah. No, it's amazing because I mean, you do after, cause I've, and then I started soaking walnuts too, and I don't even know if they can sprout or not, but you do have to get used to kind of like the waterlogged nut consistency (laughs) if you do this every night, which I got used to. But when I saw that, then you took it to that second step and dehydrated them. And I'm a crunchy, crispy person. It was like, I found my perfect snack. So personally I'm thrilled. Um, and you know, I'm not alone in the world, right? There's, there's clearly a lot of people that are looking for that crispy snack People know that nuts and seeds are good for them. They can be a little rough on the stomach. They, you know, they do need a little bit of flavor now and then. You know, you've made, you've just made something very snackable. Um, And also your process is like beautiful from my perspective. Um, Thank you. Which is very cool. So going back, you know, you see all that. You kind of knew it. Aunt Diane was onto something. You had a large job. Um, you were not working for little companies. Um, yeah. So what was that like? Like, what, I mean, I guess, you know, everyone wants to know the moment and, you know, I'm sure you've talked about the moment. I'm sort of always more interested in like the moment after the moment. <laughs> so, you know, you decide you want to do this did you do it all at once? Were you just like, all right, I'm quitting. I'm all in. And then, you know, here goes the rest of your life. Or was it in fits and starts? Like, what was that like? Yeah. I mean, everybody has a story for me. I worked a big corporate. I worked on Hasbro, Diageo, and then Unilever for 13 years. Yeah. I worked in a vacuum of media in the media marketing departments, like on big, massive brands like the Dove campaign for real beauty. I had no idea how other, um, areas of, uh, worked. I never worked the lawyers when I was there. I never worked on Mm -hmm. R and D. I just worked on building up for the launch and then post launch of whatever the ski was they were launching that year. So I only saw a a little bit of the bigger picture. I moved to Nashville nine years ago. I actually, I'm from Northern New Jersey. I was living in New York city after college and my husband's job brought us to Nashville. So I was working remote on the Unilever business before remote was cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) before the pandemic. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. So well, you, you got, you were good. You weren't thrown into it as aggressively as everyone else. Yeah, that is true. But it was hard. I felt kind of like mm-hmm. the redheaded child that nobody yeah. will forget to conference me in on calls. It was, just, <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was, it worked for a while and I'm so grateful for that. But then it got to a point where I was, I had my third child and I was like, just thinking about what I wanted to do next. And I was like, you know what? I would love to just build a brand from, from mm. the ground up. And I reached a point in my life where, you know, I went through my twenties living in New York city, working at a big ad agency. Like I just reached a point where I wanted to do something that I could grow that I believed in. And mm-hmm. I kept on going back to Diane's crowded nuts. And I was actually really scared to call her. I was really nervous. I was like, she's going to be like, you're crazy. Why would you want, like, I called Diane. I said, Diane, I know you've been like gifting these nuts to friends and family over the years and you have kind of this following, but you really just throw them in a plastic bag and st- slap a sticker right. on it. You're not the business. And I was like, do you want to like really make this business? Like really do this? I'm so nervous. And she was like, Laurel, I've been looking for a sign. Like, let's do this. And I, it was amazing when she just really believed that, that this could happen. Um, and my husband's in the real estate hotel industry. This was right before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, I think it's so important to like speak to your family members or people in your life where this would affect them. I said, you know, I, don't want to go corporate. I want to start a startup. I don't know where it's going to lead. I can fall flat on my face. I, mm-hmm. you know, are you okay with that? And my husband is like, hotel industry is going great. What can go wrong? <laughs> go for it. <laughs> right. And then the pandemic happened and all the whole hotel industry closed, but yeah, that's how it started. And did you, did you have the vision for like you know, the name or like, cause it's not called Diane's nuts, which, you know, doesn't sound like a marketing expert would mm-hmm. necessarily call it that, but it seems like you put real thought into making it platformable, making it shelf ready and also D to C ready. Like it looks like your beta, unless I've missed out on a beta, but it looks like your beta was pretty tight. Um, you know, I guess, was it? I mean, yes and no. If you've, if anybody listening in has tried to trademark something, they know how difficult it is. There are definitely some other company names we came up with. We're like, this is it. This is amazing. And then we see if we could trademark it. And like some random person in Sweden had it trademarked on nuts and then we couldn't do it. But The whole rationale behind Daily Crunch was that we want people to incorporate nuts and seeds back into their daily life. And Mm -hmm. technically, people should be having nuts and seeds every day, but they haven't been. A lot of that is because nuts and seeds have been getting unhealthy where they're caked with all these sugars and oils and like Mm -hmm. the things that aren't good for you. Uh, But the truth is, Nuts and seeds are great for you. So it yeah. is a platform daily crunch where we lean into that crunch. That really is our number one kind of product differentiation. We kind of think that sprouted is the secondary cherry on top that if people want to learn about the benefits of sprouted, that's great. But the crunch is what really gets them and brings them in initially. Mm-hmm. And right. daily crunch is that platform for that. We're like, we don't always have to stay in nuts and seeds and our plan is not to, that we can really grow that into a snacking platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there are a couple of things that, you know, it took, you know, I was thinking, I mean, it takes years to, to, to metabolize some of these things. And for most of us, you know, a lot of us, and especially I think people listening to me are first time founders and, you know, operators that kind of fell into doing this. Um, and you know, we don't know all the ins and outs and that's why I started this, right? Like our trademark lawyer came on and basically like before anything, you need to do the trademarking step. And not everyone would know that because people don't know how hard it is. And people just think I can buy a domain on online. But if you're thinking about potentially being in Europe or potentially getting acquired or any of those things, like 
that's the kind of thing that can really bite you a couple of years later if you don't sort of solve for. And similarly, you know, I think a lot of people come out with like, you know, Allie's cookies, right? Or Diane's nuts yeah. because, it, yeah. because that's what it is, except you know, a couple of years into it, you realize, well, now I need to do bars and crackers and snacks and, you know, inclusions and, you know, all these things that your, your brand isn't quite built for. Um, we just got lucky that Haven's Kitchen was the name of the cooking school because it, it doesn't have the word sauce in it, you know, which would have been yeah, it's probably what I would have come up with had I, I mean, it wasn't even a great name. It's kind of a little bit of a fuddy duddy name in a lot of ways, but that's kind of come back around. So that's cool. It's not like usually, you know, or like, <laughs> wah, 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 you know, it's, it's, you know, but no, but you have a great point. And I feel like we all evolve as we go along. So we, when we were right. in LLC, we were still daily crunch, but our LLC was actually called Diane's kitchen. And right. it just really confusing. <laughs> um, and actually when yeah. we first uh-huh. initially launched, we were going to have it not be Diane's kitchen. It was going to be go food labs. So go, um, is actually mm-hmm. the initial of Diane's, um, late son who passed away when he was at the university of Michigan, 10 week, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, and kind of ladders all into our mental health component that we're a mental health mission based wow. company. And he really struggled with mental health. Right. We just thought that that worked, but it just started getting really confusing. So when we moved to a C Corp um, two years ago, we just, it's like, everything's just daily crunch. It's just easier mm-hmm. that way. Totally. Um, and then the packaging, I'm imagining uh, you do have a marketing background, but again, like I, you know, I'm on there buying it for myself and I'm like, wow, this looks, it's so pro. It's like, so it's so ready for retail. It's ready for D to C it's clearer in terms of like the hierarchy. I still haven't totally gotten the hierarchy, right. You know, all of that stuff, it just seems like it's very well baked. And was that you, or did you just know the right people to go to, to help, or, you know, are you just a good student of what works? I'd say it's definitely like a smorgasbord (laughs) of just like a lot of, you know, definitely like a few different cooks in the kitchen where we've evolved that packaging over time. So mm-hmm. I'd love to send you after this, like a side-by-side of our initial packaging. Yeah. Versus where we really loved RX bars, like clean, like everything's on the front, but yeah. then we started to evolve our flavors and we went through the SKU accelerator program where we got some incredible mentors who are just also mm-hmm. really great with that. And Dan, my co-founder, he is also just good at hierarchy. So, um, we actually, we, we changed our bags, I think made some tweaks about a year ago and we were going to put like even actually an additional like line explaining what the flavor is. And mm-hmm. I was actually speaking to, um, Jackie from Mondelez, she runs mm-hmm. the collab and she, it was her and her partner there that were like, just take that line, take those lines off. And like, you know what? You're right. We just took those <laughs> off. And, um, you know, just, I think getting a lot of eyeballs because sometimes you're so in the weeds yeah. that it's hard to take a step back and actually like, yep. and just like talking to a lot of people when you're kind of like trying to go back and forth on things to, and get a consensus to like, that always helps, but yeah, no, those yeah. are okay. There's a lot that you said in there that I want to address. <laughs> One is, have you seen the original RX bar pack? Cause no Google it. It okay. This it's like one of my favorite things ever. Speaking of like incubators, when we were in the Chobani incubator, we saw that like the original RX bar does not have the clean, clean everything. And it's just a nice have you seen the original Oatly? Like there's a lot of really fun stuff to just like make yourself feel better about the constant evolution that is packaging. Um, Cause sometimes I look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? You know? And now I know I'm going to look back at this and be like, Oh no, you know? Um, but that's just part of it. Um, and then I guess the second piece of it is something that I'm thinking about a lot that I think you touched on that is important is like, 
it's not even so much that you get kind of tunnel vision and into your own thing or that it's just, you know, you're writing this term paper and you forget to see whether or not you've like skipped a word because you've read it over so many times, that type of situation. It's that it's so, it's so obvious to you in our case, like, what do I do with this? Or what does Irby mean? Right? Like those things are sort of self-evident when you're in it, but you really do need people who have a fresh pair of eyes that are seeing it like it's their first time ever hearing of you or seeing this product or seeing what an almond is. Um, And you probably aren't necessarily the right person to do that. And neither, by the way, is someone who really works deeply on the brand. It probably is just outside people. And then that brings, you know, that second level of, well, everyone that you bring in to check out anything is going to have a different opinion. So how do you define who you trust? Like what was your, you know, as you were kind of going along here, what are the, what are the requisites for you, I guess, about, okay, this person's feedback actually means a lot to me. So there's, as you evolve and grow as a brand, you know, you start to, I think, at least for me, I started to trust myself more. So when Mm -hmm. we first launched, even with customer feedback, we'd get like someone emailing us on our customer feedback email and be like, oh my gosh, this Nashville hot is way too spicy. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're, we're new, we're, we're fresh out of the gates. We'd immediately be like, we need to pivot. It's too hot. And then all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. the next week goes by, we get an email from someone being like, this is not spicy it's enough. Not hot enough. Yep. And, and, you know, it's, it's like examples like that have happened over the course of, we're going to be four years old in March. And mm-hmm. that, you know, there, it's, you have to also know your vision and where you want to go because you're going to be constantly getting feedback from people in all different directions of it's to this, it's to that. And I think that I have definitely built more confidence in myself over the years to know, um, to trust myself more and not be so, um, ready to like hit the pedal when I get some immediate mm-hmm. feedback from someone, but more just yeah. digest it. <laughs> and yeah. are you furious? Like I write things furiously in the Slack. I don't do it as much anymore, but literally every Monday I would have an interview like this. I would interview someone and afterward I would just be like, we're doing everything wrong. You know, like <laughs> we need to go get a blimp or, you know, we need to change our name or we need to, I mean, God knows, you know, it was like everything short of like, we need to make a completely new thing and do everything. But the team kind of got used to me on Mondays being a little bit like they call it twirly was the Mm. word they used, I believe for me (laughs) on those days. Um, And now I'll be like, okay, I know I'm being a little twirly here, but you know, seriously, I think we need to do this, you know, it's, but it, it does take time. I mean, if you're listening you don't want to be one of the founders that doesn't listen. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, so I like to, there's a lot of our mentors. I have our, have their area of expertise that they're really strong in. And I lean into their expertise that they know more than I do in that area. So we have, um, someone who owns an amazing like design company, like packaging design company for much, much bigger brands. And when he gives feedback on our packaging, I take that really seriously. Like what he has Mm -hmm. to say about that, um, versus, you know, someone where maybe it's just a, you know, maybe it's a investor or consumer or a friend and they're saying that, but, it's not that I don't take it in, in regard. Cause I do every feedback that someone says to me, I, I take in regards, I listen to, but one thing we also do is we do, we reach out to our consumers who purchase us on our website and really try to understand them better. Why are they purchasing us, purchasing us? We actually, um, because we're in Nashville, we work really closely with Vanderbilt. We've had about mm-hmm. six, incredible interns come out of Vanderbilt. We currently have someone who is doing her master's there and she is reaching out to a lot of our consumers on our website to ask them Mm -hmm. a lot of questions 
able to get some insights to understand some things more about their purchasing behaviors and why they purchase us. Very cool. I mean, this is like, these are all just really good ideas for founders. Listen to the people who actually have, I mean, my lawyer definitely has thoughts about the packaging, but I'm not necessarily going to go with his hierarchy. Okay. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. This episode is supported by HRN business member, Itani Raman, Chef Kyle Itani's expression of Japanese dining culture located in Oakland, California. At Itani, Kyle explores Japan's rich culture, focusing on traditional flavor profiles and offering an izakaya experience made up of a diversity of small bites, donburi bowls, cocktails, and plenty of ramen. Itani's sister restaurant located next door, Yonsai Hand Rolls, serves open-faced Japanese sushi hand rolls made of crisp nori, seasoned sushi rice, and top-notch fish. Itani Ramen and Yonsei Handrolls support HRN's creative, educational reporting and storytelling that drives conversation to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. I'm back with Laurel Orley from Daily Crunch. Um, okay, so there were like five little good pieces of advice in that last little blip before the break, but I want to ask you sort of big picture, you know, leaving a place like, you know, Unilever or, you know, any of those places, I would imagine that you had some big do's and some big don'ts about the way that you wanted to run your company. And I have this little secret jealousy of people that worked in big CPG um, because I feel like they learned so much theory And they got to see so many things that those of us that are kind of like learning it by bumping into walls and like, you know, jumping into the water, we have a different type, you know, learning it by practice is really critical too, but I like where the two meet. Um, So maybe if you can just break it down a little bit, the things that you aspire to that you Mm -hmm. learned working in those big companies and the things that you will try to avoid as much as you can um, as as a company that you're running? Yeah, I mean, right off the bat of things to avoid, one of the things of working big, big corporate is that it's very difficult to get things approved, especially Mm -hmm. when you know, by the time that it gets approved, you miss the mark, you've missed the moment. A prime Mm -hmm. example of that is when I worked on Suave and we would pre um, plan everything out, including the social media posts. And I'm sure a lot Mm -hmm. has changed now, maybe not, I don't know. But I remember when we had, everybody's watching the World Cup that day. Uh, The only thing that mattered and anybody was talking about was the World Cup. And then Suave posted something like, how was your shower today? And it was like, right. so off the mark. And, right. and we wanted to maybe, you know, we wanted to maybe like do something that was relevant to the world's cup, but it was too late because it takes so mm-hmm. long to get things approved, even approved yeah. by legal. Yes. And what I love just having a company that you're building as, Oh wow, this happened today. Let's create something and post it right now. Let, right. you know, just real Long time, fast. Mm-hmm. fast, agile, don't need approval all the way up the ladder. I mean, we would have brand assets that were created in Europe and then they would just, you know, change it to English. It was the same brand assets. It didn't, mm. it, you know, and I know a lot has changed since then. Cause I have, um, you know, it's been a few years, but that definitely is something that I appreciate now that we can just do it. We don't have to get approval and approval and approval. You know, being on Unilever for so long, you understand or you get that consumer packaged goods playbook where Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a $100,000 brand or a $100 million brand. A lot of the stages and the steps are still the same of what you need to do for pre-launch with, you know, your competitive intel, the pricing, the everything that goes into that is still relevant, whether, you know, whatever size the brand is. So I use that as my benchmark to start to plan out the launch of Daily Crunch. But mm-hmm. a lot I have really learned as I went along. I mean, I 
it's scary to have an idea and want to launch something and not know where it's going to go. One of my really good friends here is she's one of the founders of the Home Edit, which um, mm-hmm. I watched yeah, the Hello Sunshine Bot. Yep. Yeah, and so Joanna um, is is one of my dear friends here, and she was over for dinner, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this, and she was like, Laurel, don't think about it, just do it. Like, don't think right. about it because if you start thinking about it, you're not going to do it. And it was just like a great piece of advice to just. Mm-hmm. You, you can't plan ahead, especially being an entrepreneur. You kind of just have to go in the moment that you're in that at that point and just yep. learn and grow and pivot. Um, yeah, there was a really good quote. It's like a um, Carl Jung quote that my friend Trinity shared with me last week, and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something along the lines of like, <clears throat> like the only thing you can do is to take like the next right step like just the next step in front of you, that is like the sane, you know, thing to do essentially. And it it goes to, you know, being present and being in the now and not catastrophizing and not planning too much in the future, but we really can't plan. We really have no idea. And you almost don't want to limit yourself to even what you can cognitively imagine because, things can happen that you don't imagine. I, I mean, none of us, I think, in this industry, I can't imagine one person who listens to this that would say, this has been exactly the journey that I mapped out. I knew exactly what I was going to launch and I knew exactly what kind of team I would build and I knew exactly where there would be perfect product market fit. And I, you know, no one knows. So I mean, I, I, I want to go back to like that, those couple of things though, because the, the stuff that we can control is what you talked about, knowing who your competition is, you know, planning out, you know, your positioning, uh, you know, um, yeah. any kind of competitive Intel. So are there, are there others, you know, that were really like, okay, this is the groundwork that I want to do to get myself into a position where I can then start just taking the next good step? Um, There's a lot that we did in the pre-launch phase. Obviously packaging was a big piece of that, understanding the pricing Mm -hmm. structure. There's a lot that you do when you launch a brand that, you know, are like getting the trademarking secure, getting, Mm -hmm. um, involving the lawyers to maybe set up, are you doing an LLC? Are you doing a C corp to really understand how you're launching? And then once you launch, it's a lot of the initial launch period. I mean, for us, it was, we launched literally during the onset of the pandemic where we had to throw a lot of our, a lot out the window of how we were going to plan. I mean, a lot of stores that we're hoping to get into said, do not call us again, unless you're like toilet paper or milk. Cause right. we're only dealing with those yep. types of brands right now. We're not reviewing new brands. It is a pandemic. But fortunately for you though, you have a very easy to ship lightweight, you know, I would imagine, I mean, you have a better D to C product than, than a lot. I mean, I can't, you know, that's pretty much up there. Yeah, Something mean, that people buy on subscriptions. Some people that, you know, would buy, bulk packs of, so were you going to be doing D2C anyway, or were you really going to be retail and then you had to just change everything? I mean, I, we're definitely more of a, just like a retailer brand, but we also, we also are D2C. We just don't, it's not our, the majority of our business. Mm -hmm. Amazon is something that we've been growing year over year. We were very bootstrapped when we started and we launched. So I think you know, we initially maybe didn't have an Amazon agency. Now we do. We've mm-hmm. just been, you know, growing when we're ready to grow and, and lean in more to things. So, you know, we only launched with three flavors. Now we have eight. We just launched right. uh, a mini pack 0.5 ounce size. So um, I think we just tried to, to, to launch very kind of simple three SKUs. And, um, and as we grow and we're ready to to increase our bandwidth, then we take them on. I mean, we're in the middle of a series A right now. So certain mm. things that we can take on now, um, we have been able to with maybe new hires or whatever the, the case is. And, and it's something that we weren't ready to do when we first launched and now we're, we're, we're more prepared for. 
Right. Well, congrats. Um, and going, going to the sales channels a little bit. So when you were talking about sort of like the three SKUs, were you talking about direct or were you talking about Amazon? And did you do Amazon? You, I mean, I guess pandemic happens, so you got to get those things up on your own website. Were you, did you do Amazon then too, or did you wait a little bit to do Amazon? So we launched Amazon about the same time that we launched when we realized that we couldn't get into some of these category reviews because of the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. it was actually the Elevate program. They were just starting this program. We submitted for it and we got accepted. I think we were like one of the first few um, brands to be part of the program. And it really was quite wonderful for us. Mm. They helped us open. Um, we started with five DCs, warehouses that we opened. And initially after we opened, Meyer took us in. And at the time we were an LLC. Out of yeah. And right. um, Michi- uh, Meyer is also a Michigan based brand. And there are just a lot of great organic tie-ins there. They have a great diversity program. We are woman owned certified and our mental health awareness program is also based out of Michigan. So they were the first like big retailer to believe in us. And Mm -hmm. that really got us growing within larger retails, but K also got us in those smaller, incredibly important natural channel stores that maybe only have one or two stores, but are now able to pull us out of those, those warehouses because we're in them. And that's how we started to grow in conjunction with also being on Amazon growing our direct business, also growing that we're here in Nashville. So a lot of the local stores or yoga studios, whatever the case is, we just started to grow a footprint here in Nashville, which we're still continuing to do since this is our home base. I love it. And so going to sort of the, because I found you at the airport. um, Yeah. So that's the channel. (laughs) Um, But when, I guess my you know, again, I I think for us, like, because we're just now able to be on Amazon, I'm, I am excited about the idea of having some e-commerce in my, in my, in my, you know, channel strategy, because even though they're not the, you know, the buyers at this point aren't necessarily saying don't come unless your hand sanitizer, they are, having fewer resets. They are kicking the can on their reviews. They are, you know, not necessarily, um, I think the tide is turning a little bit, but they've been sort of leaning into private label and -hmm. maybe not necessarily, um, doing a ton of innovation. You know, I had, um, Adria from Malk, organic, um, you know, the oat milk on a couple of weeks ago. And, and she made such a great point and it just has really always stuck with me, which is like the buyer cannot take any risk right now. And innovation is risk. A new brand is risk. And unless we make it very, very clear to them how this is going to be incremental, it doesn't behoove them to make a change. And so And that note, going back to Amazon, I do like the idea of owning your destiny a little bit. Yes, it's expensive. Yes, you're still, you know, the margin isn't necessarily, I mean, although I I don't think it's that much worse than some retail accounts, but you tell me. Um, But at least when you have a new flavor, you can put it up or you don't necessarily need to wait for someone to say, okay, we'll put you on the shelf in June, 2025. are you finding that? Do you like it? You know, are you, and that all being with the caveat that I think every brand knows at this point, the only way to really scale is retail distribution. That's how you get into homes across America. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, I guess I would just like your thoughts on how you think about each different channel. And do you think about D to C differently than Amazon? Do you think about the retail channels differently from each other? Cause I think you're also, are you also in drug or is that? Um, I don't, do we do count CBS as drug? Yes. Then, yeah. I mean, we're in that better for you, um, fuel up and go section in CVS. And they were actually also one of the first companies to believe in us. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Sometimes, um, 
people are surprised. Like, oh, wow, you start with Meyer and CVS. I said, actually, they they have been really wonderful to work with and grow with. Yeah. Um, CVS is expanding another SKU with us. Um, so we'll, instead of having two flavors, we'll now have three starting in the spring. And they've been wonderful. They have this healthy, better for you section, and they're really yep. leaning into it. And um, it may not be for everybody, but it works really well for us. And it's a great touch point because a lot of people yeah. walk into CVS, whether or not they buy us and they see us. Um, yeah. And looking for healthy snacks. It's not necessarily where you would go to buy, you know, a condiment, but it's definitely where you would go to buy, you know, sprouted nuts for, you know, your, your trip when you're yeah. buying your toothpaste, a hundred percent. I mean, someone once said this quote, since we're quoting other people that are great, amazing quotes, like someone once said, you can't be everything to everyone or you're nothing to no one. And especially mm-hmm. as a brand, we can't just, you know, we can still really be really targeted to a certain target and still do really well. We don't have to try to get all these different targets, the Gen Z, the this, the that, the that. And right. like, it just, I, and you know, it's just, but I do, I do like the idea of this omni-channel approach where mm-hmm. we work really well in airports, really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we work well in hotels, um, yep. as a, a snack option. Mm-hmm. We are now leaning into, um, how can we get more involved in food service or these amazing collaborations? You know, we collaborated with Cleveland kitchen for our dill pickle yeah. flavor, but mm-hmm. there's also great collaborations with, um, retailers or coffee shops or just, Mm-hmm. Just anything like that to get consumers excited. Ooh, coffee sprouted almonds. Do you have a coffee skew? I bet you do. So we do have a coffee skew. And what's so yeah. innovative about this is that we actually soak it instead of water. We soak it in coffee. Um, That's very cool. And it, it really um, makes it just something very interesting that you can't really get anywhere else. Yeah. Fun. I think what also is fun about this for me is that I think the playbook of, you know, you start with your natural retailers, then you go to your region of a certain large national (laughs) natural chain, then you go to this, then you go to that, like that playbook I don't think exists anymore. I've met so many people that went from Sprouts to Walmart or, you know, aren't in Whole Foods six years later, but they're in 10,000 other doors and doing fine. Or, you know, it started in CBS. You know, it it is, I think you go where, where you're given a chance and where you have to trust that the buyers understand their customer and that they probably know their customers' habits and patterns better than you do. And, you know, we all think that we're supposed to do it a certain way, but I think what we've learned in the last couple of years, and you're a really good case in point, like there's nothing like having the backing and the support of the retailer that takes you in. And if that can be a good partnership, and by the way, it makes total sense to me that a CVS shopper would buy a healthy, crunchy bag of nuts as well as at an airport, as well as, you know, all the things you mentioned. And so it's fun because there's no one way up the mountain, you know? And I think that's what I'm getting from your story, which is really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I, and, um, I was going to say, so our head of marketing who was, um, initially our Vanderbilt summer intern, she had an internship (laughs) at Mattel that got canceled last minute because of the pandemic. So she ended up interning for us and is now our, our full-time employee and incredible. She wrote a case study on us on how to launch a brand, an emerging brand during a pandemic that got published by Harvard business school. It is now taught in business schools across the country. And, um, wow. It's just, you know, it's yeah. And, and, and we actually, um, got to zoom into one of the schools. One of the professors was teaching it last week and <laughs> looking at the case study. Cause it's been so long. I'm like, is that, are we the same brand? Like not right. that, you know, 
evolve so much every year, especially as an emerging brand. And you're constantly right. pivoting what works, what doesn't work. And I'm like, this is like a totally different brand because we've come along so far yeah. from this. Yeah. It was, it was cool to see. No, that's amazing. Um, okay. So expo, um, final sort of big topic. You got a Nexty nomination. Congratulations. Um, those you. are big. I honestly also, I don't know, maybe it's just because I didn't when the last time we, when we first launched our fresh sauces, we were nominated with the chimichurri too. To me, the nomination is more important than the actual award because the nomination is what's announced before Expo. And that's when the buyers mark down who they want to go visit. So I don't even like, I, I'm literally not even thinking about the actual award. I'm just, the nomination to me is like everything. I actually think they could like not even have the awards, just have this be the award <laughs> because oh, yeah. this is our first time getting nominated. And I have to say that I completely, I think I scared my co-founder Dan when I got the email because well, right. his wife was like seven months pregnant. So he was saying that she's been highly emotional. And then right. <laughs> I, I've been like applying to next year awards basically since we launched. And it was for me, it was just kind of like that rite of passage. Like, are we right. ever going to get, you know, we're ever going to get to get this. And this year when I applied, I kind of was like, you know what? Every year I apply, I have a certain formula of what I write out and I'm just going to be totally real and authentic. Like this is what happened. This is why this flavor exists. This is really why it's different. And I'm not going right. to just, and I'm just going to submit it. And, and when I got that email and it was just, I just started, yeah. I got really emotional. I may yeah. have, may not have gotten teary eyed. And Dan was like, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And, um, but we were, it was really exciting. And, um, if we do win the bet is on that Dan, who's I'm five, two, Dan is six, eight, that he has to wear a a pickle costume (gasps) all Friday at expo. So we already bought the costume. That's amazing. (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel similarly, we, you know, I mean, you put so much work into these things. I mean, it's, and unless you've done it, you really don't know. I mean, and that's why we need founder friends and that's why we need, you know, founder circles and, you know, support from each other because our friends and our partners and our families, they just don't really understand what goes into making a great product they kind of see it. They kind of do. They certainly love us and empathize, but they don't know how hard it is. So having any kind of industry recognition is massive. And I mean, I definitely was, I was choked up all last week, all last week, just kind of crying half the time. Um, but for you, what are, you know, what are some of the fun things that you're planning at Expo West, you know, just because it is coming up and Um, we decided to have a new booth this year. I think we, we, like our, we had our, um, social agency that also creates incredible booths lead the charge. And I'm really excited for just a fresh look, uh, at the yeah. booth. And we are really just leaning into the flavor we were nominated for, which is our dill pickle mm-hmm. sprouted on. I would have voted on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we, are, are really, that is kind of going to be our lead of what we're communicated. Cause now we're, now we have different size packs for that flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't do a ton of trade shows. So this is really our opportunity to reach out and touch base with current retailers that we have a relationship with, that we want to see with potential new retailers or press or other brands. Um, mm-hmm. We have an amazing marketing team And we are hoping to meet some other brands that want to do collaborations with us in the future or partnership. Have you met Matt from Rind? Because I feel like you guys would be a great snack mix together. I do. Matt is a a great person. So he actually um, has, um, I think he has a trail mix. So I think he's definitely also leaning into that. Yes. Which I just think the sprouted would go really well, but we'll talk to him about it. Cause I, who, whatever nuts he's using are not your nuts. And I'll discuss that with him, Matt, if you're listening. Okay. <laughs> um, 
All right. And anything, any last and final tip about Expo, anything you're doing that you think that other founders might want to give a shot at that you are focused on this year? For Expo or in general? Um, I was going to do Expo, but if you have something general, we can go with that too. Um, I honestly, for Expo, my thing is, is reach for the sky. Like reach out to the people that you want to meet with because the majority of them are going to be at Expo and you never know. Like this is where magic happens. Mm -hmm. Expo East, we were planning to go and last minute the Upcycled Association was like, do you want the spot? We decided to take it in their pavilion and that's what got us into some really, really magical retailers like fresh time. We just launched into misfits market as an everyday item. And that mm-hmm. a lot of this all derived from expo and amazing. Um, the opportunity is really there, but if you don't reach yep. out and make the first step, it's not going to happen. Yep. That's such a good point. All right. I love that. And that's actually expo advice, CPG advice and life advice from Laurel. Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great talking to you in real life, sort of. (laughs) Well, I hope I get to meet you at Expo and hopefully we can celebrate Thursday night at the Nexty um, finalist celebration they're having for the first time. Oh, I don't even know about that. That's so funny. I, um, everyone knows that I am like, I seem somewhat extroverted, but I'm actually totally exhausted from interacting with people. So I never, I like go back to my hotel room and watch the bachelor, but if there's a party for the next day award, then I think my team and I will probably go, but I'll meet you regardless because we need Love to it. say hi to each other and give a hug. Well, thank you so much thank for having me for coming on. So much fun. And, um, yeah. I see everybody at expo really looking forward to it. Yes. And Liam, thank you. You are not coming to Expo, but you are going to Chi-Town. So you're going to have a great time. And um, thank you for engineering the show. As always, sorry, I went a little over. And everyone listening next week is actually kind of funny because Adam Brown is coming on the show and he's interviewing me um, all about our new launch, which I'm sure most of you saw the whole new product line, the why, the who, the how, the what, all of it. Um, And I think it's going to be really fun. So stay tuned and I'll be back next week with another episode of In the Sauce. In the Sauce is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.